Get Up Nation. I hope you're enjoying the Get Up Nation podcast on www.anchor.fm. As a podcast host on over 20 platforms, I really enjoy how easy it is to use Anchor, how Anchor makes everything I need available in one place for free, accessible on your smartphone or desktop computer. Go to www.anchor.fm now. In case you didn't know, Anchor has creation tools that allow you to record and edit each episode. If you're concerned about the distribution of your hard work, don't sweat it because Anchor takes care of that too. If you're considering becoming a podcaster, I would highly recommend Anchor as your choice to begin sharing your content with the world. Get Up Nation. My name is Ben Biddick. I am the creator and host of the Get Up Nation podcast, where I serve individuals, organizations, and societies to develop and sustain resilience and perseverance. I'm the co-author of Get Up, The Art of Perseverance with former Major League Baseball player and CEO of Lurong Living, Adam Greenberg. The Get Up Nation podcast is brought to you in partnership with GotYour6Coffee.com, where Navy veteran Eric Hadley is committed to serving first responders, veterans, and their families through a variety of nonprofit organizations. No stranger to adversity, Eric has fused necessity of coffee with his passion for public service. You're already purchasing coffee. Why not empower your coffee with purpose? Why not purchase coffee that not only has your six, but also has the backs of those who don a uniform of service for our communities and great country. Learn more about Eric and his freshly roasted, award-winning coffee at gotyoursixcoffee.com. Welcome to this episode of the Get Up Nation podcast. Recently, I had the honor and privilege of speaking with Cody Wood. A quick thank you to Eva Magdalensky, aka DJ Eva, a prior guest on Get Up Nation, for connecting me with Cody, a profound example of resilience. One of the most tremendous conversations I've had on the show, Cody shares his experience of surviving cancer twice, his passion for the sport of bull riding, the collective awe and reverence of the bull's athletic ability by those who participate in the sport, the immense attention to detail taken to treat the bulls with the highest of care, and how these animals give the gift to bull riders of reaching heights in life they could not experience without them. He's bringing this sport to a wider audience with bull-party.com, an organization Cody owns with Casey Decker. If you hunger for a personal challenge that engages both the mind and the body, that creates an awe and closer bond with animals, and that gives the gift of a profound camaraderie along the way, sign up for their event in June 2020 in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Cody was the 2015 Cowboy of the Year by Real American Cowboy Magazine. He's the president of Cowboy Spot. He's the 2019 finals announcer for Buckers Unlimited and the 2019 finals announcer for the United States Team Penning Association. It is my honor to bring to you Cody Wood. Let's start with where you're located. Where do you live and work? So right now, I bounce around a little bit. I was in Madison, Wisconsin. there for a long time, but now I've found myself in Cheyenne, Wyoming. A, a fantastic place, a growing, thriving place, and that's where we're going to kind of settle down and, and raise our young children. Awesome, awesome. When we last spoke, you described a unique experience in childhood where you experienced both urban and rural environments as you grew up. Will you share a little bit about your experiences in childhood and what led you to pursue your interest in the bull riding world? It's a funny thing in, in Western lifestyle sports. You know, a lot of folks are maybe from ranches or, you know, out in the country where bull riding specifically, you come across a lot of these guys that, that just love the lifestyle, love the sport, but they might be from a 
inner city or suburban area, and, and kind of where I found myself. You know, my dad was a, a high-level, world-class bull rider, and and that's all I've really known and grown up with. But you know, bull riding has been entrenched in my blood and in my family for decades. But growing up just outside of Denver, Colorado, was also a very unique experience because I went to a large school where I was probably the only cowboy in the entire place. But it was great growing up in a football atmosphere and surrounded by a lot of football players and being that soul cowboy kind of gave me a unique opportunity to see both ends of the spectrum, if you will, and then transferred on in life too, from my business world to my rodeo life. And so I think it's been a very unique background and experience and that it played a big role in the position I find myself in here now with, with Bull Party. Certainly resilience is essential for men and women who choose to ride bulls. And how do these men and women who do this, how do they keep a, a resilient mindset during all these challenges? It's immensely engaging both physically, mentally. How do they stay resilient? Oh, man, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, just like any other you know, extreme sport, whether it's surfing, NASCAR, motocross, whatever the case may be, I mean, there's there's a large mental aspect uh, that goes into the sport. But with bull riding, you know, not to say anything bad about those other sports or anything less, you know, taking away less from it, but bull riding is extremely dangerous. It's one of those things where in a matter of split second can turn into a massive car wreck. And so you do, you kind of have to subpartmentalize that piece of it with what you have to do and then allow your body to react to the bull's movement and all the other things that are going on at the same time in a hurry. It's amazing how these guys are able to do that and at a high level and again just allow their bodies to react and these guys are a different breed in some ways you know a lot of people might say they're crazy or whatever but you know to me it's always been one of those things where everybody's built a little bit differently and these guys are they're extreme high level athletes that thrive off of the opportunity to take on one of the largest challenges in the world, you know, to conquer an 1,800-pound wild beast, if you will. I mean, these bulls are part of our family. They're treated extremely well with the diet programs that they're on, the nutrition, and, and the different workout regimens and stuff. I mean, these are supreme athletes that these bull riders are competing against, and it takes a lot of a mental aspect to go into each one of those bull rides. I can't imagine. You can sense the intensity of that as the rider gets on the bull and is getting set to go and then that fence opens up and it's like they're on top of a tornado. I can't imagine the amount of adrenaline and the amount of discipline and the amount of reverence and awe for the amazing animal underneath them. I can't imagine what goes through the riders' minds as they seek to just stay on top of it. It's got to be a profound rush. It's got to be almost addictive in being able to stay on that and ride that for that, that duration oh. of time. I can't, I can't imagine what they go through internally. Absolutely right. You just hit the nail on the head in so many ways. I mean, the, the level of energy at a bull riding event, especially when you're down kind of close to the action and behind the buck and shoots is, is just extraordinary. I mean, it's it's the kind of thing that will raise the hair off the back of your neck type of thing. And and when you said that, that the, the rush or that adrenaline rush, there's a lot of people out there that love that, that live for that experience, whether it's skydiving or whatever the case may be. But my father, for example, uh, loved bull riding so much he did it till he was 54 years old wow. um you know with no no real break in between there from 18 years old to 54 years old basically rode bulls because he loved it so much and that addiction to that adrenaline rush and the, and the feeling of competition and, and winning it is it's it's a very addictive sport in that sense. How do you introduce this to people today from different backgrounds who may not have grown up on a ranch? That's got to be something that appeals to so many people. How do you introduce that to people 
from different backgrounds to give them the sense of what that feels like and to give them the pleasure of that experience and to teach them the culture of this sport that that reveres the animal that gives uh, these athletes this opportunity. How, how do you do that? Oh, man, that's kind of been where my mindset has been my entire life. You know, like I said, I think, with, like you had mentioned to begin with, my unique background of being a, a kid from a city that grew up in a rodeo world, you know, my whole life, thousands of times I've had people ask me about riding bulls or getting started in riding bulls, but there's really no easy path to getting there. I mean, you have to either know somebody who knows somebody. I mean, you really have to work at it unless you stumble across it to have that experience of getting on a bull. And a lot of times these people, they're not necessarily wanting to be a professional athlete and do it long term. They're simply just trying to have that experience and cross it off their bucket list or whatever the case may be. And so it has been a a goal of mine, a mission of mine to bridge that gap, to to be the person that can offer this experience to these folks. And that's where a bull party, like you had mentioned, that uh, we've been working on comes into play. You know, bull party is going to be the prime example or the prime conduit, if you will, from a, a different demographic to get into this sport and give them that opportunity. And whether they just go in there to cross something off their bucket list and, and have the experience of getting on the back of a 1,800-pound bull and possibly fall in love with the sport, see exactly what it's all about, and, and then have the potential to continue on and do it again. And my ultimate goal is to have a, maybe a larger pool of athletes in the sport to increase the overall competition level and just the overall aspect of bull riding in general. I can't imagine that that relationship between the rider and the bull. Will you go into how people involved in this sport who are intoxicated by that ride, is there a reverence there for these animals who are athletes themselves? Uh, is there is there almost a gratitude or a thankfulness that challenges him or her in a way that nothing else does, and the strength of that bull, then the potential that it taps in the person riding it. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I love that question because I just kind of mentioned, you know, like the energy level of behind the buck and shoot. When you're behind the buck and shoot at a bull riding event, bull riders, the contractors, anybody that's helping with the event, it's a unique atmosphere that's full of probably the most camaraderie. And when you're you're competing against each other, but in no other sport. Do you help and assist and cheer on your competition nearly as much as bull riding? I, I would guarantee you that and put that on the line with any other sport out there. But to your point with the bulls, you know, they're right there in the back of those bucking shoots, a part of it all with those bull riders. So it's almost as if they're right in your crowd, they're right in your clique, they're right in your circle of friends. I mean, they might not be verbally talking, but I guarantee you they're a part of the conversation just as much as any other bull rider back there. And that's how each one of the bull riders looks at it. So essentially these bulls, a lot of them too, are coming to the same events. So you'll come across the same bull multiple times throughout the year. And again, they just become a part of the scene, a part of your group of friends in a way. And I know that might sound funny to say, but it's the it's the truth of it. So when you have this supreme athlete who's big and strong and fast and looks really cool, they have big, huge horns and a big hump and muscle all over them. You know, they're just the, the most magnificent animals on the planet. But when you have them, you know, roll through the buck and shoot, and at the same time, you know that they're to do their job as well. And that combination or that uh, relationship, if you will, between the bull rider and the bull is the gate cracks and the bull ride begins, a lot of people have referenced it to almost like a dance in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, when a bull is bucking, 
the bull rider is basically making counter moves to that bull's moves and mm-hmm. trying to track that bull appropriately, stay in the right position uh, to get through that eight seconds. So in a lot of ways, it's almost like a dance. But when the whistle blows and the bull rider jumps off and does a good job, or, or even if a bull jumps out there and is 10 feet in the air, kicking clean over his head, just has a superb performance. Everybody takes notice. You know, the contractors cheering for their bull. Bull riders are, are on their feet for their performance. So, I mean, it's, it's a really unique atmosphere in sports that's like no other. Yeah, just really looking forward to the opportunity sharing that with more people. You, you mentioned it too, that, that sense of camaraderie. There have been veterans on my show. I'm a veteran myself. And, and the, the face... Yeah, absolutely. The, Thank they, you for your service. Oh, it's my honor. And... I think a lot about you know men and women banding together to face some tremendous challenges. There are so many health risks as as a bull rider gets on a bull, and like you were saying, it can it can become like a car crash within a split second. Just the amount of power and force, and so the camaraderie that follows when men and women together face a challenge, when they put their life on the line, and when they seek to reach their potential and they seek to create something on this earth that it has such beauty and majesty that comes from. Uh, putting it all on the line. It just, it bonds people to see it. And you even mentioned the competitors in that. There's still a camaraderie among them. Even if you're going against them, you're competing with somebody, you talk about the camaraderie, how powerful that must be for men and women who face death or face you know, serious uh, injury uh, for the love of the sport, for the love of the animal, for the love of what that does within them. It gives them that sense of truly living. It's got to be profound. It's got to be palpable. This is one of my favorite aspects. I had an individual who was never around bull riding before in his whole life and had the opportunity to get him lined up and, and get him on his first bull. And, and we're actually at a rodeo. So he actually entered a rodeo his first time, which is a little out of the norm. But, you know, kudos to him for doing that. Anyway, when we got done, I was so impressed with his first response was just that of, of how he could not believe the camaraderie or the support that he was getting from the other bull riders. You know, when you grow up in sports, whether it's wrestling or or tennis or or boxing or football, whatever the case may be, obviously you're in a competition with these folks and there's almost like a a little bit of animosity between each one in a a sense. But with bull riding to that point, I mean, it's, it's a unique relationship like no other because it's an individual sport. And here's a little bit of a controversy that maybe there should be more coaches involved. That's a conversation that's gone on for years with inside bull riding. But essentially, you're in an individual sport and you are your own coach. And you're driving down the road from event to event with these same guys a lot of the time in a small car packed in there to save money on gas, that sort of thing, packed in a hotel room to save money on hotels. And so the bond that is created, not just at the event, but going down the road with people that you're competing against just grows substantially. And then it's nowhere near, you know, what somebody might go through on the battlefield and and facing the danger of that level. But to your point, in the sense that you are, you're in a high stressful situation that, that is dangerous. And these guys are getting down on the back of these bulls. It is the person that they're competing with that is helping them pull their bull rope, uh, might be spotting them, or you're, you're basically uh, protecting them in case that bull happens to jump in the buck and shoot. It's a team effort that everybody comes together for to make sure that everybody has the best opportunity possible to be their very best that day. And you will see more times than not, if somebody is winning an event, but their friend jumps out and beats them maybe on the last ride out or whatnot, 
that person that took second a lot of the time is happier for their friend than their friend is for actually winning it. It's a really cool, unique, unique aspect, and, and one of the biggest aspects that I'm looking forward to sharing about the sport of bull riding. And that's got to contribute to resilience, too, to have that type of camaraderie. When you do get injured or when you do have a broken rib or you are in some pain, it's got to kind of shore you up and keep you bouncing back because of the amount of respect that everyone has, because you're in it together, because of lessons learned and stories told through the process of, of being a bull rider. Is that accurate from the outside looking in? Just the overall support in general and, and from a resilience standpoint, you, you got to remember too, in this sport, it's, I think it's the only one left, to be honest, that is basically where you, if you don't perform and if you don't compete, you don't get paid. There's no contracts or anything like that. So it is literally a prize fight between you and that bull and the other bull riders. So if you do, you jump out there and, and break a rib or break, you know, get knocked out, something happens along those lines that might put you on the sideline for a second. The support of your traveling partners and, you know, the other bull riders in general is just immense, whether it might even just be financially. One of the great aspects about social media and things, you know, there's so many positives that I think get overlooked some of the times that now some of these folks, these folks will, you know, have an injury and then we can kind of band together as a community to make sure that, that whether they need some sort of financial help or help at home, they have the ability to keep uh, their family lives and, and things moving forward, you know, because it is, it is a prize fight. You know, they're not guaranteed one single dime at the end of the day. If they don't perform and, and win, they don't get paid. So that, that is a big time mental resilience that, uh, bull riders have to endure that no other sport to my knowledge has to really deal with. One thing that I'd like to touch base with you on here is you have an experience dealing with cancer. Would you like to share yeah. uh, some of what you've experienced there and the role resilience has played in your response to that and how that's a part of what you're doing today? I, you know, I don't talk about it a whole lot. I try, you know, when it comes up though, I'm not somebody, you know, that shies away because cancer affects so many people and it's whether you've had it yourself or a family member or a friend, you know, somebody who has been affected by it or, or unfortunately will be affected by it at some point or another. So yeah, you're right. I, I have gone through cancer twice now. I was 24 and, and was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, you know, so went through that process of chemo radiation and thought that I was in the clear. I was like, oh, I've gotten it once. I got it out of my system. I should be good now, right? The odds would, wouldn't be against me like that. Sure enough, 10 years later when I was 34, I got diagnosed with Ewing's sarcoma, which is a very rare form of cancer that's typically only found in children, typically only found in your bone. And I was obviously an adult and, and it was in my intestines. And so really, really challenging chemotherapy treatment that I had to go through. And from a resilient standpoint, I mean, it has challenged me to this day, three years in remission now at, at 37. And, you know, going through that first cancer, fought through it, everything uh, had a support system. Everybody around me was so helpful and uh, was very successful going through the process. And, and then the second time hit me like a freight truck. Nowhere in my mind did I think I was ever going to get cancer again. And, and if I did, not while well, I was still relatively a young man. And so yeah, so this, this second round was has been a challenge. And the level of severity and just the overall treatment I had to go through was a completely different mindset. And at this point, was then married and had a young daughter. So that amount of stress and pressure 
to just still, you know, provide for the family when, when I could barely get out of bed was so immense that you had to just take one day at a time, just have a successful day and move on to the next day. And got to the point where God cleared from, from cancer and everything was looking good after all these surgeries and everything else. But, uh, you know, I didn't have any time to, to really breathe. You know, I'll never forget being in a large meeting back to work and my eyebrows weren't even back yet because I did not have an opportunity. Like I said, I had a family I needed to support. And so having to go through that and be resilient through that was life changing for sure. I mean, it's something that I wouldn't wish on anybody, but at the same time, you learn from certain experiences and the lessons that I learned from going through both of those processes has been invaluable and like I said I think still to this day I'm learning from the second one still you may be asking that question a little bit on the whys and and what am I gaining from it and it it becomes clear every day three years after the fact and so definitely resilient time and and a lot of comparables to bull riding. I just want to let that soak in a second I just appreciate you and the things that families go through as they face cancer and how we recognize how fragile life is and how important it is to do things we love in the time that we have and to be there for those we love in the time that we have. So it's powerful to think of you living your life, supporting your family, enjoying your family, being present with them, and then committing yourself to sharing this sport with other people to give them a chance to really sense and feel how it feels to be alive, how great it feels to be alive, how great it feels to overcome challenges and to be there with one another throughout hardship and adversity, to ride that bull, as you'd say, you know, with the smile on your face and, and getting in the arena. Many people don't get in the arena. They might be scared, right? They might be too distracted or they might miss the gift of this life. And you're helping people not to miss the gift and to feel those feelings. Let's talk about bull party. I mean, what you're doing today yeah. and how you're sharing this sport with people and awakening them to an opportunity to feel alive. Tell me about Bull Party. I'll kind of carry off of what you just said, too, because because that kind of rolls right into to Bull Party and, and a lot of you know, where it comes from. But you're absolutely right. And I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, and they're fantastic, by the way. I mean, the, the, Thank you. just the, the positive aspect that comes from it. And I think overall what I've taken from a lot of it is that you're only given this life once, that you'll never get this day back. And, and I think it gives you that sense of urgency or confidence to go out and try something. All that's going to happen at the worst case scenario is you might fail, but uh, who cares? You know, dust yourself off and keep moving forward. And, and that's what life is about, right, is, is going through those experiences and challenging yourself. And, you know, I'd rather go out and fail a hundred times than then never take a chance at all, you know, and just sit on the couch at home wondering what if. And that's kind of where Bull Party comes into play. I think society nowadays is very driven from experiences and and really starting to hopefully steer away from materialistic items and things like that. I hope so anyway. And that's kind of how I've always been. I would rather take the trip, jump out of the airplane, you know, swim or, you know, do something rather than go out and and buy something, right? And so uh, I had this in my mind for for years and years like i said with so many people asking me about how do you do it how do you even go about it and with bull party what we're offering is going to be a controlled environment 
you know, you can never say safe. So, I mean, if you're looking for a safe bull riding experience, you're not going to find it because that, that's just not possible. Yeah. But what we can give you is, is a controlled environment with some of the greatest bull riders in the world as coaches to help you understand the sport and, and what you're going to go through and get you the equipment on so that you really have the most confidence possible uh, when you climb down on the back of this bull. And I cannot wait for the opportunity to give to these folks and see the excitement level because the adrenaline rush that comes from getting on a bull and hearing that gate crack and, and the crowd roar and, and the, the potential of, of success and, and winning that championship buckle and a boatload of money, whatever the case may be, is an adrenaline rush like no other. I mean, you will be on a high for days after. You know, I mean, you will walk taller. Your chest will, you know, puff, you know, puff out further. It's like no other experience in the world. And so, we got our first event on June 20th. It's going to be at the, the Terry Bison Ranch in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which is a great place. I don't want to call it a dude ranch, but it gives you that Western aspect and lifestyle. And so, it'll be a great place to tie it in. And we'll also have a music festival going on at the same time. So it's going to be a really fun and cool atmosphere, and, and we're really looking forward to it. What are some of the misconceptions with bull riding that Bull Party is is helping people understand and clarify? There's a thousand different reasons or goals that I have with Bull Party, and, and this is one of the big ones. At the same time, when I've had all these people throughout my life asking me, you know, how do I get on a bull? Where do I go to get on a bull? At the same time, I've had other folks that – We'll bring up the cruelty, how we treat these animals, that we put a nail in their testicles, and that's what makes them buck. If I had a dollar for every time somebody brought that up, you know, I'd be an extremely wealthy person right now. And, and that one line alone is worth trying to, to do bull party and actually try to educate these folks because I don't think that's never been done one time in the history of this world. And not, so I don't know who ever started that rumor, but unfortunately it's carried on for years and years. But that's exactly it. Let's take the UFC or wrestling and MMA, for example. You know, at some point in their life, somebody where it's a sibling or whatnot might have gotten in a wrestling match or fully can understand a sport like MMA just because they've maybe experienced it. But when somebody's sitting at a, at a bar or, or somewhere and, and watching bull riding on TV, it's very hard for them to fully understand and get the concept of, of riding a bull and everything that goes into it because they've probably had zero experience whatsoever, whether it's with livestock or rodeo. And so all they're basing their thought process off of is something that was said by somebody. There's just a lot of misconceptions about the sport in general, and we are so excited about the opportunity to present this sport to a different demographic that might not have had the opportunity to experience it before and now have the hands-on experience of seeing what goes through this process, how these animals are treated, what they go through on a daily basis, what's actually making the bull buck. And the base bulls, one, they're bred to buck, but two, all that's added to them as to enhance it is a cotton braided rope that goes around their waist, very similar to uh, wearing a belt. It's on there tight enough to stay on, but loose enough to feel like they could kick it off. And so all they're trying to do is kick that rope off of their hip bone. So there's no pain inflicted whatsoever. And so when you have people basically calling you a villain for hurting somebody, that you love almost as much as your kid is a hard pill to swallow. And I mean, it's, it's a very difficult thing to, to embrace. And unfortunately, there's a small sector of the population that has our loud voice, if you will. And just looking for the opportunity to continue furthering education in that area and show folks the, 
the true aspect of how these animals are treated what they go through and and give them the opportunity to experience it themselves love it we kind of talked about this before too you know recently there's been the success of this song old town road and and the unique appeal of blending urban lifestyle brands with country and bull riding culture where do you see the common ground that people find appealing like um on social media it shows dj eva on the turntables at some of these bull riding events Will you share a little bit about how these aspects of our society, which have often been viewed as foreign or different or opposites, are actually finding a lot of common ground and there's a lot of excitement when they're blended together? It is. It's funny, you know, like I said, it, I mean, the success of Old Town Road has been just record-breaking, so it's very interesting to see that. And you'll have your differences of opinions on both sides of the conversation, if you will, but to me personally, I absolutely love it. I mean, that's exactly what I think needs to happen at a large scale, whether it's the conversation about country music versus hip-hop or, or bull riding versus, like, you know, any other sports or whatnot. There's there's always a, a, a common ground that folks can find, and, and more so than what they even realize in every aspect, whether it's politics or not. I just have really enjoyed the aspect, like you said, we've brought in DJ Eva, so a lot of times I announce these bull ridings and DJ Eva has brought a, a different level of energy and, and sound to the events, which has been fantastic. It has kind of changed the game a little bit in some ways, and I think the, the crowd has responded, which is just great to see. And so, like I said, it's just the uh, evolution of a sport evolving in different lifestyles, and that's where I cannot wait. I've already got a good idea of a few of these folks. I mean, it's we're months out from the first bull party, but I've already got a good portion of the first 50 signed up. And if I was to show you a picture of the folks that are a part of that group of people, I mean, they are definitely from different walks of life than your typical cowboy or bull rider. And that is exactly why I'm doing this is, is for that exact reason to give these people that opportunity and to hopefully break down some barriers, whether it's educating a group of people that don't know anything about rodeo, bull riding, Western lifestyle, or just giving them the opportunity to experience it and, and enjoy it just the same way that we all do. You know, sometimes I get burnt out from hearing from some of these other sports that are making millions and millions of dollars, and, and unfortunately it affects the sport. It really does, whether I've loved it my entire life or not. Where here is a sport, is a prize fight, that these guys are doing it because they love it, they're looking to compete. There's no excuses. You are, you're sticking your hand in the bull rope, all eyes on you, and there's just a rare, raw emotion to it all that is unparalleled to any other sport in this world. And I cannot wait to line these first 50 up and, and give them that experience. I love it. Before we get into the final portion of the show, is there anything else you'd like to share with uh, Get Up Nation? I uh, just really want one. Obviously, appreciate you and the opportunity and, and uh, your your fan base and the listeners out there. Kind of going back to the resilience aspect of it all, or just life in general. Time heals everything, and whether it's cancer, whether it might be divorce, or certain different things in life, just seem to hurt or make things seem like they're never going to end. You know, but time heals all. Life is so beautiful in so many different ways, and there's so many things that are out there to experience and enjoy and to cherish the moments that you have with your loved ones and your family, to not let the noise distract you. There's so much noise out there. Enjoy your life. Enjoy what you're doing. Enjoy the community and do your best to give back to your circle and your community. So I know that's a little bit off subject, but I just wanted the opportunity. I just had an experience with a 
co-worker this morning that you might have needed to heard that message. Enjoy each day. Don't let the noise get you down. Cody, I always end the show with six questions to help my listeners understand the why within my phenomenal guests. Are you willing to run through these six quick questions with me? Absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right. Who are you thankful for today? There's obviously, when I look at my parents and, and what they have done for me, they're the obvious one. But when I think of right now, today, what I've gone through this morning, I'm going to go with my daughter, Cora. I have a five-year-old daughter. She's in kindergarten right now. She's absolutely beautiful, red hair, blue eyes, and uh, just as fiery as they come. But she has brought a light to my day, specifically today, that has just lit a fire again. Not that I needed it to be relit uh, but she is just the epitome of what's beautiful in this world. And so if I'm thankful for anybody today, it's going to be my daughter, Cora. I love that. And now that we've covered who you're thankful for today, what are you thankful for today? Right now, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to have another day, to be honest. You know, I mean, that might sound kind of heavy, but I think that's what you really take in. When you go through cancer, when you go through you know, cancer twice, I think one of the biggest takeaways from that is that you know that it could be taken away from you in an instant. And there's a couple things in this world you never get back, and time being probably the most valuable. So to take advantage of every single moment that you have, I think is just extremely important because whether it's your kids, you know, they're only going to be that age once. As far as today, September 26th, we'll only have this day one time, so make the best out of your 24 hours. How do you fuel the fire within you? Personally, I think it is kind of going to go right back to what I was just saying is, is, and it might actually be a negative, to be honest with you. Sometimes I, after these cancer experiences, the one that lasted so long, I lost a year and a half just in that one time. I lost a year the time before. So in my mindset, I almost feel like I'm two and a half years behind everybody. That actually might be a negative in some ways, to be honest. But that fuels me. I feel like I'm behind the eight ball, that I'm, I'm playing catch-up. I'm a football person. You know, even though we've talked about bull riding this whole time, I'm, I'm a football person through and through. And I've always looked at life as being four quarters. You know, your 20s is your first quarter, your 30s is your second, 40s is your third, and the 50s is the fourth quarter. And if you have to go into overtime in your 60s, well, that's okay. So right now I'm 37, so I look at it as still in the second quarter here, but trying to play catch-up, and that fires me, you know, having each goal where I'm going to be at each certain time. And so whether that's good or bad, that seems to drive me on a daily basis. And what is one thing adversity taught you to value? I think more than than anything, it's the, the small moments. Some of that adversity, my adversity specifically, was the two cancer experiences and, and the little thing. I vividly remember laying on my couch and I was so sick that I, I literally couldn't lift my head. If I lifted my head in any way and my vision would go off, I'd either get sick or, or pass out. So here I am, 34 years old, big strong kid, and I, I can't even lift my head. And so all I can do is watch my one-and-a-half-year-old daughter at that time playing on the floor, and, and I can't get up and play with her. The most that I can do is just reach my hand out and, and try to let her know that I was there. And so that has really played a big part in my life. I now have another young son that's a year, a little over a year, and I tell you what, I pick him up on a daily basis and enjoy every aspect of being able to wrestle around with, with him. And then now I have another 
very young son, only a week old, and I'll do the same with him as well. But that one moment, I remember vividly, probably has changed my life significantly for years to come. What are you doing today you may have never thought you could? Well, we uh, we just got done doing a Tough Mudder not too long ago, a Spartan race uh, not too long ago, you know, so physically challenging myself in a different way. You know, I've wrestled in the past and certain, you know, sports in the past, but, uh, you know, a 12-mile run was definitely way out of my expertise or whatnot. So top of mind, that's the first thing that probably comes to my mind is challenging myself physically and trying to uh, do things, you know, that, that I might not have done in the past. And so that, that's been a, a great challenge of late. And so, yeah, I'll go with that. And what will you do tomorrow? You may have never thought you could. I think that uh, tomorrow and, and here in the, in the future, you know, things that I might not have ever thought about. I actually was just recently on the season three of Yellowstone as an extra. So, you know, I never in my wildest dreams ever thought of acting or, or being on the screen or anything like that. Uh, but to have the opportunity to be on, on the show Yellowstone here recently and really enjoyed it. Enjoyed it more than I thought I would. And so, so yeah, so that would be a great opportunity. Maybe something down the, in the future that I never in my wildest dreams thought that I'd ever do that, you know, might be a possibility, you know. So we'll see if maybe 10, 15 years down the road if I don't have some awesome roles. All right. How can people learn more about you <laughs> and your work? Yeah. You know, like I said, our first event is June 20th this next year so a little ways out it might take a second for you to mentally get prepared and physically get ready to, to ride a bull but if you want to go to bull-party.com is the website you can check out the event kind of the order of the event what all of it's entailed lots of really good faqs and a lot of folks are going to have questions about the event so i'd really encourage you to check that out bull-party.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram. We've uh, got a lot of content that will be right down the road because we're going to do a lot of our education and coaching and preparing for the event, obviously through our social media sites. So yeah, please follow us there.